Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. I've got a message. Uh, I'm not real good at introductions, so let's just do the Bible thing. I've got a message that's really very much, all right, sorry, youth, uh, children, etc. Feel free to go and do your thing. I've got a I've got a message that's very much on my heart and has been for several months. Um, in fact, it kind of continues from where I last spoke here about um, really seeking out that one thing, being able to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him say, hey, man, hey, woman, there's just one thing that's necessary. You know, and it's not always sitting under a tree singing come by art. It's surprising what the one thing can be sometimes. When you actually get next to Jesus and he tells you what to do, it it can be quite surprising. Because he's got a unique journey for each one of us. Completely unique. And for my daughter here, it's being a champion gymnast. It's in the genes. I'm the the guy who used to skive off PE, Jim. I'm the guy who, when they did cross country, you would look for a way across the field. So instead of going all the way around, you could kind of run across. That's my confession for the morning. I'm disposing of that. I want to talk today. um, The title of my message is Quit hustling, and start hearing. Quit hustling and start hearing. Who knows there's a lot of hustle goes on in London? A lot of hustle goes on everywhere, but London is like hustle with a capital H. You know, hustling means to force someone to move hurriedly. I would have quite liked to have been able to do that outside Earl's Court Station this morning in the car, but there was none of that going on. It's like when you look at the speed thing, it says 30 miles an hour, and you just look and you think, if only. It means to push one's way or to bustle, to obtain illicitly or by forceful action, to pressure someone into doing something. Anyone ever feel pressured into doing something? Yeah, we all do. You know, sometimes the the pressure is internal. We want to either impress others. We want to kind of shape up. We want to look good. Um, We want to conform in some manner. A state of great activity. My, my household is usually in a state of great activity of one kind or another. You know, there's, there's rarely a time where there's not some uh, great activity happening. <laughs> Father, I just want to thank you this morning that you do have a word for us. I 
I really feel the Holy Ghost, actually, just now. Just as well, eh? Whoa, what a relief. To hustle. Hustling for a dollar, you mean, means to engage in prostitution. I didn't make that up. That's in the dictionary. How often do you think we prostitute ourselves to the ways of this world outside those doors? How many Christians and churches today are prostituting themselves to the ways of the world? This is actually one of my favorite verses ever. This was the first verse that I ever committed to memory. So it's kind of, you know, you have kind of those treasured verses that you carry with you throughout life. You know, that you can just keep coming back to. It's like a watering hole that you can come and you can drink from again and again and again, and it never grows old. This is one of those watering holes for me. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, and it's verse 10, really, that's the the, um, key verse for me. But it says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This whole deal is not about how hard you can work. It's not about how good you can be. It's about the grace of God that brings us into a place of completeness and fullness and satisfaction aside from our own activity. Honestly, it is a truly finished work that we've been called to step into. For we are His workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Just really let that sink in, that God has before ordained. He has already gone before you. He's already laid the path. He's already removed the obstacles. And you are called today to walk in those works. Well, God's own handiwork is workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do good works, which God has predestined and planned beforehand. He has planned beforehand for us taking paths that he has prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he has prearranged. Now, seriously, just let these words sink in that God has already prepared and planned and provided for every step that you will ever take. Every step. And and you know, the, the, the longer I go on, the more I realize, man, I want to walk in those steps. I think I've been kind of a bit like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm in. And then, oh, wow, what's that over there? Oh, man, look at how shiny Emmanuel's shoes are. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> or, or, you know, oh, wow, this church is doing this thing. We've got to be part of that. Or, you know, whether it's the cell group thing or whether it's the 
revival in Pensacola thing or whether it's whatever it is, we really do have a tendency to be so easily diverted from the path that God has set for us. Now, I'm not saying that these things are not good. I'm not saying what better, worse. What I'm saying is, man, let's walk in that which God has prepared for us as a church and as individuals. And it's really, really surprising what those works might be. You know, I make my living selling short romance stories. And it's turning out to be a handsome living as well. I sell thousands and thousands of stories every month. I've got like a massive fan base of elderly readers, women in the U.S. I, li- I like, I- I've got like four or five pen names, all really carefully chosen women names. Don't tell anyone. I'm rocking it, man. Regents- Regency Romance is my latest one. Boom! Number two and three in the Regency charts in, in, you know, like, anyways, anyways, you know, back in the day, you know, would I ever have thought, you're going to do it, man, you're going to be like the love king. <laughs> For anyone, anyone over 55 who likes clean romance, eh. You might be very surprised at what God has in store for you. Now, I was under the impression that, like, if you wanted to be in ministry, you got to either, like, sing. So that was out for me, you know. You've got to play an instrument. I'm out. You've got to pastor a church. I tried it for, like, 20 years. Like, I've got really small feet, like, it's embarrassing. I could shop in the children's section. It was like wearing shoes, like, just one size too small. I could just about walk. I could, like, pass as a pastor, you know. But, oh, man, that whole pastoring thing. Not for me. Now, maybe if God says... Who knows what he'll say? I'm ready to move. I'm ready. But, but hey, you know, you'll be surprised at what God has in store. Everyone can read that? Who's guilty of trying too hard? Who knows that Jesus is the most relaxed dude in the universe? Like, I'm naturally kind of a stressy character. Come across like not too stressy, but, you know, behind the scenes. 
Come here. Is it true? There you go, see. <laughs> Sit back down now. I did not even know that. Sit down. Apparently they call me the bear. Like what, what she means is cuddly, furry. I'm really guilty, man, of trying too hard, thinking that I can do it, thinking if I just put in more hours, work harder, hustle some more, you know, I do business online, you man, I'm like supposedly an entrepreneur, and I'm like just, it's just hustle. I'm learning that quit hustling and start hearing is much better avenue to take. It's a much better option. It works. And I, I, I'm, I'm really learning, well, I'm striving towards ceasing from my own works and really focusing in and stepping in real comfortable into his works. You know, like, like putting on, you know, I, I, think, I think God wears slippers I don't think he wears high heels or, you know, odd boots or anything. I don't think he's kind of crimping around up there feeling uncomfortable. I think he's lounging back on his throne thinking everything is good. We're right on track. You know, we're right on track. And we want to step into that where he's ceased from his works, where we cease from ours. You know, and this, I think, is the key, really. Um, so I think when we hear what he has already said and already done, and we follow that leading, we can accomplish a lot more than if we just multiply what we do. I think we can actually do less and achieve more. I really do. I, I, I just believe with all my heart, I can learn to do less and accomplish more. I'm not looking for some new productive life method. I'm not looking for how can I pack 72 hours into 24. I'm not looking to, I, I want to I wanna strip it right back down to, okay, son, this is what I want you to do today. Don't be diverted. Don't run off here. Don't run off there. Don't freak out because there's another 10 things need to be done. Just concentrate on this one and we'll be good. Verily I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. I mean, this is God speaking. This is God of the universe, creator of all things, Jesus Christ. And he says, look, you know, what do you expect from me? I can't do anything. He knew, he knew how the whole thing was supposed to work. But what he sees the father do, that's what he does likewise. He followed suit. We have a tendency to run off, to just run into things. But what Jesus would do is he'd, um, 
Jesus would take time. And this is, a, this is a skill that you can develop. He would look. He would watch to see what his father did. And then he would go and step into that vision. And live out what the father had already done. Yeah? Do you think we can do the same? Do you think we can do the same? Do you think we can, do you think if we took time out to say, Father, what are you doing today? Do you think he'll show you? Is it, is it, who, who here has developed their... Faculty and ability to see in the spirit. Just put your hands up. I'm not saying you have to have like Technicolor 3D, like Star Wars style widescreen. Just, just, just the basics, okay? Most of us are dealing with the basics, so don't, yeah? Because it really is something that we as Christians have to develop. How do you think Jesus could have operated if he were, if he were, Okay, what do I have to do today? Where, where do I go? It's because he developed a faculty of being able to look and see. He said, I do what I see the Father doing. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. See, there's a big difference between doing things right and doing the right thing. Many of us fall into the trap of thinking if we do things right... You know, we're going to get the kind of results that we're looking for. And, you know, if we do more things right, then we're going to even get more results. It actually doesn't work like that. What we need to be doing is doing the right things. And, again, I've been guilty of this, Jeremy, and just, like, multiplying. Even, even with the word, you know, even with the word here, we can look. Or we can look at other people. Um, we can hear sermons and things like that, and we can hear all the right things to do or how to do things right, yeah? And we can think, all oh, right, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to, you know, go out and hand out tracts because that's what Ray Comfort's doing. Or, you know, I'm supposed to, I don't know, whatever it is. You get where I'm coming from. You know, we, we hear what others are doing. We see the fruit of it. And we rejoice in that, but somehow in, in our inner man, because we're not established, because we're not rooted and grounded in who we are and what God has called us to do, we somehow feel like nervous, we get anxious, and we think, oh, should I be doing that? Should I be more like this person or more like that person? And we find ourselves anxiously doing a lot of things right, but it's partly because we've never taken the time to ease into and to strive to enter into the rest of faith where we know I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. You know, if we're going to strive or labor to do anything, the Bible makes it real clear what we're it doesn't say, like, strive to be good. 
Strive to be more efficient. It says strive to enter rest. And, and again, it's, we cease from our own works. Because this whole deal never got started with works and it certainly isn't going to be completed with them. We've been saved from dead works for good works. Absolutely. But uh, just let me, let me say this. It's not for you to determine what those good works are. Nor is it for someone else to stand up and dictate what those good works are. Because you are not the servant of any man. You're not the servant of any sermon or any doctrine or any creed. You're the servant of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus is not just some religious dude sitting there demanding that you toe the line. Jesus is your best friend in the whole universe. Jason and I every so often have coffee. And uh, he's saying, you know, how do you, how do you stay plugged into this thing with Jesus? You know, how do you maintain? And, and I just think really it's because he's my friend. Jesus is my friend above and beyond everything else. You know, like, yes, he's my Lord. Believe me, you know, I'm, I tremble at the thought of standing before him. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about some kind of pansy familiarity, do you know what I mean, that, that some people tout. But at the same time, he is my closest friend on this, in this entire universe. And, and it's only through knowing him that we can enter into this rest. You know, Philippians, this is another verse that has often uh, been in my heart and I've often pondered. It says, let us learn to sense what is vital and to approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. You know, and this, um, this word approve or discern what is of excellent and of real value, that word value means to carry in different directions, to be driven to and fro, to be carried here and there, to test and prove. And if we don't have our values really aligned with his values, it is very easy to be driven to and fro. It's very easy to um, not properly discern. Because see, the, the most dangerous thing is not bad, good. The most dangerous thing for us as Christians, really finding that path of fulfillment is good and good and good and good and good. Because the honest truth is only one of those goods is good for me. I can't do seven things at once. I can't follow seven paths at once. There's one path that's been prearranged, preordained, and completely provided for, for David Martin's life. 
and there's a really good path over there, and there's an incredibly cool path over there, and there's a really good one here, and a great one there, that are prepared for other people. And Paul said, you make yourself a fool if you compare yourselves, because I could look and I could say, wow, man, Joel Osteen's got 25,000 people in his Sunday service. I used to have about 25, not even 25. No, I'm exaggerated. See, that's typical preacher already exaggerating. 25, because everyone's on holiday. Not, yeah. Come on. And I could feel completely inadequate. I could feel like, oh man, I'm just not making it. I'm such a failure because I've not got this or not. That's their path. And they will give answer for that. Do you honestly want to answer for the responsibility that someone else is carrying? No. I'm anointed for the path that I'm to take. And the danger is good, 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 good. And we think, oh, I should be doing this. No, you shouldn't. Stop it. Do what God's called you to do. Learn to approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. I love this verse, Psalm 16, verse 7. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel, King James, my reins, it means your guts, will also instruct me in the night season. And they can look at that and think, what's he talking about, man? It means you know in your gut. (laughs) Like I took a photo earlier of my gut. your eyes. Now you can see why so many thousands of over 55 grandmas in the U.S. Big fan base. Moving on. Now, joking aside, I really do think that we know that we know on the inside. Sometimes we're a bit frightened to follow the gut. It's a bit frightened to kind of act on those things that God has put on the inside of us because maybe they don't fit the usual mold. They don't fit the, the, the path that, of least resistance. They don't fit with what we think ministry should be. Or, or you know, is this, is this okay to... But I know in my gut, I'm a publisher, yeah? But I know in my gut that that business is to finance my own writing. You know how I'm going to reach the uttermost parts of the earth? By writing books. Now, I started on that journey a long time ago, and I need to bring my 
I need to conform my world to that reality so I can fulfill my destiny. You know, I used to think it would be preaching in front of vast crowds, calling down the fire. You know, you just go, fire! And then everyone goes, I love all that. I've done a bit of that. They're a bit more willing in Africa to fall over at the right moment. You know, if you, if you need a little bit of affirmation, just go to Africa and say, fire! You know, you're definitely going to get someone falling out. I'm telling you, it's, it's very gratifying. You can, you can really feel like a man or woman of God, you know. <laughs> the word values means to be driven to and fro or whatever that word values in Philippians, and I think we are really driven by our values. You can, you can measure where you're at. You can measure the kind of where you've set your course. You can look at the, where you're heading, and you can then backtrack and think, what values are driving me here? You know, and sometimes we can fail to take time to truly discern, excuse him, to approve and prize what is excellent of real value. He prayed that they might learn to sense what is vital. You know, we, we do so many things, and yet not all of them are vital for our call to be fulfilled. You know, and we need to learn to approve and value what is of real value to us and to the call and to the path that God has prepared for you to walk in. Because you're going to be driven by that. And so, you know, I've been driven by a lot of things. I've been driven by a desire to be able to turn around to people at times and say, eh, I told you so. A grown man. It's pathetic. Told you I could do it. Mm-hmm. Or to shape up against someone else. You know, these are, these are values that we can take on. They're not the values of the kingdom, but they're the values of the world. Some of us are so driven by the desire to make money and look good and drive the right car or wear the right shoes or whatever, that we, that we tend to forget that when we get to the end of this thing, all of that stuff will be swept away and it'll just be us, but naked. All of those accolades, ultimately... You know, there's got to be something deeper on the inside that we're driven by. Something I'll tell you what it's got to be. It's got to be the voice of God. It's got to be the voice of your dad speaking to your heart, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Not a pastor. Not some TV evangelist. Not, so, not the latest, greatest book that's come out that everyone's... Now, I'm... You know, understand me, they're all good things, but hey. And the key thing is that those values then have to be translated and boiled down and defined into habits. If our life 
on this earth is not ultimately affected by the words of heaven, then what are we here for? We can claim to have all of this, this highfalutin Christian ideals, but if they're not being lived out in our everyday life, they really count for nothing. And, and that takes a great deal of discipline. It takes a great deal of dedication. And it takes guts to be able to cut things off, like you were saying, this, to be able to cut things off and say, actually, this is what my dad has said for me to do. And I know that if I will just set my course and I will do everything I can to conform my life to fulfill that which the Father has said for me to do, I'm going to be the most effective and most efficient minister on this planet in fulfilling my ministry. This is a good one. The word walk there, it's kind of off the screen, but it's, it means to be, uh, to, to walk as a companion, to follow as a companion, to be occupied and to regulate one's life. I apologize, I'm widescreen PowerPoints. To follow as a companion, to be occupied with, or to regulate one's life. What is regulating your life? Now we've gone from values, which are kind of the kind of bedrock that we come from. But unless those values are boiled down into habits that are lived out on a daily basis... You know, it's not regulating your life. And yet here we see that God has created us for good works, that we should walk in them, that we should regulate our life by those works that he has ordained for you personally, specifically, uniquely to walk in. Again, you know in your gut, But the Spirit's also going to bear witness. The Spirit himself will bear witness. When you just know, man, I just know that this is what God wants me doing. I just know it's what God wants me doing. I'm scared to do it. I know it's going to cost me. You know, I know I'm going to have to, you know, any decision, the very word decision means to cut something off, like scissors, Incision, incision, decision, it means to cut things away. Every decision we make ultimately means that we decide for something and decide against something else. I'm going to put that aside and I'm going to follow this course. To be led by the Spirit of God, that word led means to lead by accompanying. You know, um, the word walk, to follow as a companion, to lead by accompanying. What are we getting here? That this is not just, you know, Lone Ranger. This isn't just super Christian. You know, this is like 
coming alongside. The, the very word Holy Spirit means the one who comes alongside, the standby. And, and what he wants to do is, come Holy Spirit. What he wants to do is come alongside and he wants to, you know, to lead, to, he wants to take a step and he wants me to follow. It means to lead by accompanying. It means, it means, Emmanuel, I've got works that I've prepared for you. I've already provided, so you don't have to worry about how we're going to finance this deal. You don't have to worry about how, you know, you got, I've got the right people lined up. And they've been lined up since before the foundation of the world. So chill. It's all good. You don't have to hustle. Yeah, just here. And, you know, this is the way we're going to walk today. It's just come, come on, to lead by accompanying. To lead by accompanying. You know, and that makes, sit down. It, it makes it a lot easier when you know that you're not trying to carve out your own path. You're not slashing through the jungle with your Indiana Jones outfit on. I was at Comic-Con yesterday. Man, some of the outfits there. Woo! You're not slashing through the jungle. It's okay. Jesus has slashed through the jungle and there's a path already cut for you. Did I have a little widget thing? Yeah, there it is. I apologize, and I'm just dropping a lot of stuff on you. Forgive me. I'm still working through this stuff myself. So, look, this is a brilliant one. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Do you know, God wants to show you some stuff. He wants... He wants you to take time to back off, to back down, to quit striving, to stop hustling, chill back, lean into him. And he wants to say, look at what I'm seeing. Look at what I see. I do what I see the father doing. Look at what I see, son. Look at what I see, daughter. Come on, let me accompany you to the fulfillment of this vision. Jesus accomplished more in three years of ministry. He did good. The boy did good. Were there still incredible needs that he didn't tend to? You bet. Were there a lot of things in that three-year ministry that he left undone. Don't give me a religious answer, okay? Yes, of course he did. There were loads of sick people that he never even... Lots of hungry people. And yet, was he ever fretful? Was he ever stressed? Was he ever thinking, oh man, there's so many needs, I just can't fulfill them. Let's run here, let's run there, let's... You know, his own friend dies, and because the dad had told him, look, I've got a bigger thing going on here, I just need to, um, so just stay here for a couple of days, make sure the guy's cold and dead in the grave. Do you, do you think that Jesus was worried about what other people would think? 
He left his own mate to just die. Lazarus we're talking about, yeah? Do you think that that would have been misunderstood? Do you think, do you think the disciples would have been, what does he think you're doing? How can you leave his best thing like that? Why aren't they feeding the hungry? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you do- They're doing that, and why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing that? Do you think a lot of that was going on? All the time. And that kind of stuff is like a, a hornet's nest of confusion in the spirit, and we can, we can tune in to that, or we can choose to tune in to this is the way, walk you in it. I'm going to instruct you. You know, it's not just instructing you how to be a really good Christian and have a good church service either. It's like, okay, Jesus, how can I... What ultra-romantic series should I write best next? What, What genre should I go into next? What cover should I use for this? I mean, this is my life. I mean, I... You know, what, how should I write this description? Shall I send it? How am I going to build my email list to reach more subscribers, Lord? Or whatever it may be, Jim. Do you think Jesus is interested in those things just as much as, you know, how can I look really good on Sunday morning? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Steps means companionship. Hello? And you know what he's going to do? He's going to order. He's going to render sure, proper or prosperous. He's going to make preparation and provide for you. I, I absolutely concur. When I started to focus in on what I know, and I knew for years, man, I just didn't, I pursued other good things. You know, I take God, God prospers. Boy, oh boy, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm still a kind of a bit like, wow, how, how do I now deal with this? You know, we pray for stuff, and then God gives it to us, and we're like, ah. yeah, I'm there, you know, I'm like, man, I'm just little me. But God wants big you. Big you. Fulfilling your destiny. Am I some big name anywhere? No, no. Am I going fire? And everyone's falling out? No. Is the glory coming down and I'm on the God TV? No. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not. Because I'm finding that it's a lot more comfortable to sit in the seat that he has prepared for me in heaven than to try and push someone else out of their seat and then, oh, man, you know, can I fit into this evangelist's clothes or this pastor's clothes or this apostle's clothes or whatever it may be. 
I'm a lot more comfortable just like, I can accomplish a lot more as myself than pretending to be someone else. Put it that way. See, a man's heart will devise his way, but the Lord will direct his steps. It's not just a one-way avenue. You've actually got to make some decisions. You've actually got to come to the place where you say, I'm going to devise my way. And that doesn't mean scheme it out and figure out how you can make it happen. But what it means is I'm going to regulate my life according to what I know in my gut the Holy Ghost is telling me. And if that means that I need to do less so I can accomplish more, ultimately, then that's what I need to do. One of the things that I need to do, because I, I, uh, I, I need to carve out regular time, several hours a day, both to pray and to write. I'm in the process of doing that. But yeah, it's, the, the man's heart devises his way, devises his course of life and his mode of action. You choose what you do. You choose what you do with your time. Not someone else. We've got to lean into the word that God has given us. You know, it says here in Habakkuk, I will stand up on my watch. I'll set myself on the tower and I'll watch to see what he will say. I'll watch to see what he'll say. You know, a lot of us have got so many other things screaming at us all the time that we can never hear what he's saying. The world is just constantly at us, trying to tell us, be this, do this, think this. But there's a blank canvas, and we can allow the world to project onto it, and we can seek to see you're going to become what you behold. You can, you can let the world project onto it, And you can be conformed to that, or you can let the Holy Ghost and the words of the Father project onto it, and you can follow that. You know, it's not difficult to develop your inner inner faculty to see. You've just got to take time to do it. And that's essentially what prophecy is, Jim. And the word in um, Hebrew, naba, means to bubble up or to boil forth. It's like percolate God's words on the inside until they bubble up into your consciousness. You know, and, and really, you know, I've, I've seen this. I've seen this, this process of um, watching and hearing and acting in my own wife and daughter's life. They were, a couple of years ago, they were just starting out in rhythmic gymnastics. And Lana coached Hannah by watching and acting because she wasn't any big rhythmic gymnastic coach. In fact, a lot of the other coaches really looked kind of slanty-eyed at her, thinking, where did you come from and how did you do that? Because within, within a year, Hannah was the British champion. And it was like, look, we've been slogging this thing out for 10 years, raising up these girls. How come these two just come in and sweep it clean? What's going on here? Because Lana knew her limitations. 
And she would take time and, and the father would say, do this. And she would take that step, that prepared step. And we can do that in any, you know, this is in rhythmic gymnastics. You know, think, think God's into rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, of course he is. He's into us. He's into Hannah. He's into Lana. Do you think God's into like short story, clean Christian romance? You bet, man, because he's into me. It means to bubble up or to boil forth. I just want you to close your eyes just for a minute. I'm wrapping up. I I realize I've just kind of dumped (laughs) a big download. But now in your mind's eye, I just want you to just empty that canvas, okay? So just clean the canvas off. White canvas. Everyone see that? Okay, just a big white screen. Can we just make the screen white there? And you just want a white screen, okay? You don't want to start painting on it. You don't want to just let your mind run off in all sorts of directions. Just close your eyes and see the white screen. We all have it, you know. We've all got this on the inside. Someone is going to paint on that screen. Someone is going to project on that screen. It's either going to be the world or it's going to be heaven. Jesus did what he saw his father do. And now I just want you to... You know in the comfy seats at Cineworld? You know, the kind of big ones with a bit more leg room. I want you to sit back in one of those. It's just you and dad in the auditorium. You've got the wide screen up there. You know, when you go and see a movie, you're not looking to project the movie yourself. You're looking for someone else to project it and you view it. Okay, so we're going to let the Holy Ghost just switch on the projector. And let's, you know, this is something that needs to be done consistently. Jesus did it on a daily basis, but just for the sake of um, just working here, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, just show me one thing. I don't need to know the whole story, but just show me one thing about my future. One thing that you've prepared and provided for me to walk into. Just let the Holy Spirit put it on there. Let him just project it, paint it on there. And then as he does, what I, what I generally do, and this is how I prophesy over people as well. It's exactly the same process. Um, but prophecy is, you know, the, the best place to put it to use is privately. You say, okay, you know, I, I see this. It might be a bit hazy, you know, might just be kind of black and white. It might be a little bit flickery or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It depends how well you've developed the faculty. But you develop it by, like any muscle, you just practice. And, and then you ask God, just 
Expand on that for me. Show me something else. Show me more. What do you mean by that picture? What, what, do, what does this picture represent? Or whatever question comes to your mind. And as you ponder things, it's like that, you know, to bubble up or to boil forth. We've got to give time. We're, we're so manic. We're so, so involved in the hustle that we just don't take time to hear. But I can assure you we can accomplish more in a moment of hearing than we can in a lifetime of hustling. Who sees something now? Who's seeing anything? Yeah? Is it something that you recognize and witness to, Cynthia? Yeah? So you've got, you know in your gut, this is a God thing. The Holy Spirit will witness with our spirit, the scriptures say. Does it concern your present? Does it concern your future? See, the, the scriptures say in the book of Hebrews that God framed the world through faith. He pictured it you know, when you frame a picture, you give definition. You give definition to it. You define the boundaries. So it comes into focus. That's what we need to do. We need to define the boundaries. You're not there to judge. You're not there to determine whether it's possible or not. Your part is to watch and see it play out on the screen. And see, this is how faith comes. A picture will speak a thousand words. Who else is seeing something right now? You know, when we see what the Father's saying, it's not going to make us feel fretful. It's not going to make us feel as though we're inadequate. Because we know that we know that we know that we know this is what I was made for. And not only has God prepared the way, He's provided everything for me to fulfill this path that has called me to walk in. 
want to really strongly encourage you to take the words that we've shared this morning and really ponder them. And it wasn't just like promise box scriptures. Again and again and again and again throughout scripture, we find that there's a pathway that the Father's prepared for us and he wants to be our companion on that path. Jesus. I just pray that the eyes of our understanding would be opened. Lord, we would come to know what is of real value and to truly discern between that which is vital and that which is not. Lord, that the choices that we have between good and good and good, we would know which good to choose in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that, that for the faculty of sight, the spirit man, that each one of our eyes would be open to really discern and understand that which God has spoken to us personally. Lord, it would not be filtered through all sorts of religious mesh. We would not immediately jump and judge whether this is God or this isn't God, but we would give you time to expand and to explain what you're trying to say to us. I pray, Father, that you would help us to put aside those things that are hustle and to truly step into what we hear. Because the, the, the life of faith is the life of hearing and obeying. And then we do it. We do it for ourselves. But, you know, the, the whole prophecy thing is so powerful. Every one of you can exercise the prophetic. And you should be exercising the prophetic. You should be giving opportunity for God to project those pictures and bubble up within you and give definition to them. So faith can be built to act. So you're not frightened to step into something that may seem unusual or may not seem the, the kind of normal path others are taking. See, just in the same way as we've been exercising here, this is exactly how you can prophesy over other people or you can prophesy over situations. You can look in the spirit and you can say, okay, God, teach me about this situation. Teach me about this um, question. Help me to make this decision. And you just you just look, and it's, it's almost like I say, uh, wh- the way I do it anyways, you know, I'm not saying that this is the only way, but I sit back into my, you know, premier seating. And I look at the, ba- I look at the blank screen. I'm like, look, if, if you're not going to switch the projector on, I am not. I'm in, the, I'm in the viewing gallery here. I'm not in the projector room. You can do, you should do that for yourself more than anything. You can do it for other people as well and encourage them. You know, God wants to encourage you in your call. Yeah. And so I usually just kind of sit back in the seat, lean back into it. 
I like to use tongues to do that, but that's just me. Shikimba rukumbre bebe sikyanda la bakatinga balukunda. Rimbe be kinga balamakatienda rekumbro bosanda la bakia de kimba balamatundo. And and as I'm doing it, I'm looking, I'm not looking in the natural. I'm kind of I'm kind of sitting back into my spirit, leaning back into my spirit, and I'm saying, okay, God, show me. What 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 do you want to say? Jesus did and he said what he saw his father do and say. Shiramba prebembe kinga valamakatienga borukunda. Lamba shikende le bokunda la bakatiende de kimba kasanda. Lambre bebe kinga borukunde bekianda la bakusi kiende kinga balamatinga. Rombo shende kianda la basinga balamakungo bokusende. La probumbrege pregebe kinga bokumbo kusende. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And see, when you get the thing bubbling up, when you get the thing bubbling up, it's like um, a bit like those old pumps. You had to prime the pump. I did. There used to be one in the. I come from a little town up north, and there was a water thing. One of those things you had to pump it like this. Nothing would come out, and then it would just kind of be a bit mucky and a bit not clear. Yeah, and that's what it's like sometimes when we're pumping the water up from the inside. When it's bubbling up, sometimes it's not clear, and we back off. It's like, oh, I can't see. Of course you can see. You know, and you just got to keep pumping. And then faith draws those pictures up. And then, you know, once that thing's flowing, who's ever, who's ever siphoned a car? Not when you were stealing, but, you know, you've done something dumb and you needed. And where you take a hose pipe. Anyone ever done that? No, you've taken a hose pipe and you've stuck it in a, a pan or something. But once, once that flow is established... You don't have to keep sucking, okay? You don't have to you don't have to keep working it. It just comes from your inner man. From your inner man will flow what? Rivers of living water. So let's let's allow the river to flow. Let's let's quit. Let's let's stop living in the parched world of trying to do things and trying to be better and and thinking that if we do more we can make more or be more forget that okay do less quit trying to do everything right and let's learn to do the right thing in Jesus name amen we believe you've really enjoyed this message for further information visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 